Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Take your Bibles this morning and uh, turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 6, I'll be there in just a moment. Today is the day, last day of the series that I've been doing, uh, Luke, uh, called Are You Living Life or Is Life Living You? So I've done three previous messages. If you've missed them, please go back in and listen to them. They're on our Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel, Generations Church. We have a podcast where we just send the message out every week on iTunes. You can subscribe to all that and stay uh, stay informed. Also, when you came in, hopefully you got one of these cards. It's kind of some takeaways from the, uh, the series on the front side. In the back side, I'm gonna use kind of during my message it's in addition to the notes that are in your bulletin or in the YouVersion, or YouVersion notes. So if you, you've, got a, you've got a copy of that. So uh, since I've been the pastor here, I've done uh, 53 different series. 53 different series plus holidays, standalone kind of things. And uh, so quite a number of series. I just want to be honest with you. This is the series that I kept putting off, kept putting off. I didn't really want to do it. I wrote the notes uh, for part of it, probably last, you know, March, April, and they just kind of, just kind of sat, and uh, just because I didn't feel like, in the midst of the pandemic and all that we were going through, that this series had enough punch to it to kind of surface itself to, uh, you know, to get to the to get to the pulpit. So I just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and uh, but I just, you know, prayerfully just. I had this in my heart, and I just came to this conclusion that if people are living their lives out of balance, wrong priorities, unfocused, they are fatigued, they are stressed, then they will never live the life that God intended for them to live, you know, right now. Also, as a church, a church cannot possess the land. If the troops are tired and stressed and unfocused and got value and priority issues, so, you know, the light bulb just was kind of going on with me just a little bit, so that's why I'm kind of, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm sharing that at this moment, and it reminds us again, kind of our theme scripture of uh, the invitation of Jesus that said, come to me, all you who are weary, are you tired? Are you worn out and burdened? You got a heavy load. You got stuff on your shoulders filled with stress. He said, I will give you rest. This is something supernatural. It's not just a nap, even though that can be part of it. It's something supernatural that Jesus will do in your heart and give you rest and calm and, and peace and assurance if we if we take advantage of that. So I'm going to read uh, Luke chapter 6, last part of this series today. Now this, this passage, this passage we learned in Sunday school, all right? Some of you don't know what that is, but if you're Sunday school alumni, raise your hand. 
There you go. There you go. Sunday school, kids' church. It's the story of the wise man that built his house upon the rock. There's a little song that goes with that. No, we're not going to sing it this morning. So I couldn't remember past the second line, so I scratched it, okay? So let's read Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came and a storm struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. So sometimes because we learned this in kids' church and earlier, we think it's kind of elementary, but I'm going, no, no, no. There is great value in this message from Jesus even today. So I love the first part of that because Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and don't do the things that I say? Somebody made Jesus mad. Hey, and it wasn't me this time. He's a little frustrated. Why do you call me Lord? And you don't do what I'm telling you to do. Now I'm going to give you an illustration on what, on what to do. He said, he that hears and puts in to practice is like a wise man. Got it? He that hears and puts into practice. We are good listeners sometimes, and then we want to kind of evaluate what we've heard and see if it's worthy of putting into practice. So he said a wise man is one that hears the word and puts them into practice. They are doers of the word, but he says, I'm going to give you a roadmap here of how to build your life. So first of all, he said, the man dug down deep to build his foundation, to the rock, okay? Now, listen, that'd be tough back then. Hard soil, you're digging down one, two feet, trying to find something with stability to build on. So sometimes, listen to me, the foundation work is the hardest work. It's the hardest, you know, it's the hardest work. So he said, this man built a foundation, but he dug down until he found some of the bedrock that could carry the weight of that house and they could tie that house off to that bedrock. So I want to use this story today to talk to you about values and priorities interwoven in this particular story. So values are principles, beliefs, and goals that are important and foundational to your life and are unchangeable to outside influences. They're unchangeable. These are some things that you believe they are life's non-negotiables, okay, to, to you. I'm going to use that term value. So there's a story called Mysterious Island written by Jules Verne. 
He tells a story in the book of some uh, soldiers during the Civil War. They were prisoners, and they wanted to escape from the prison. So they hijacked a hot air balloon that was close to the prison. So they're so excited, so the hot air balloon takes off, but they don't have the fuel for the little fire that, that goes up. They can't keep the fire going, so the balloon starts to sink. Now they have to make some value judgments on what is the least important thing that they need. So they throw off their shoes, their coats, their ammunition, their, their weapons, and when they did, the balloon began to rise, okay? And that was great. They're going over the ocean. The prison is fading on the horizon. They are good, except for the fact that the balloon, after a while, it starts to sink again. Now they have to make another value judgment about what is least important. So they look around, and it's their stash of food. They really, they're just like, hey, we don't, we don't need this if we're in the water. So they take their food, and they throw it overboard, and the balloon begins to lift. All right? That's good for a while. But after, after a while, the balloon begins to sink, and they have to make another value judgment about what is least important to their life, and they made the decision they did not need the basket that they were standing in, so they cut the cord on the basket, tied themselves to the rope, the basket fell to the water, the balloon went up, and the story says, you know, they made it to the other side, close enough to land where they could swim. And life is about determining the non-negotiables, the values that are unchanging to your life, the things that you think are important, but they're really not important long-term. Let me give you another example. Uh, on the screen here is a uh, topiary. If you know that, see that? If you've been to my house, you've seen that in the front yard, right? Uh, at least that's my dream. All right, so uh, a topiary, it's, it's a wire mesh that they allow plants to grow up into it, and it shapes, it shapes, you know, the plant. If you've been to Epcot, you've seen topiaries, and so the, the wire mesh is, is the plant is growing, it puts it into a certain shape. And it's the same as our values. The values provide the shape of our life, how we want to do it. We determine the values and it shapes a certain way. Then when life happens, whatever happens, it grows a certain way based on those particular values. They are non-negotiable, unmovable. So I want to look at a few of those values that Jesus said, build your house on this rock. So the first one, the first one, of course, is a growing relationship with Jesus, okay? It's the first thing. It's foundational. Luke 6 said, you know, it gave the, gave the symbolism of building down to the rock something that is unmovable and unchangeable when things happen in your life. Now, let me just tell you, I could ask you what's the most important thing in your house? And you may go, especially if you're a young man, would be my 70-inch 4K smart TV high def. 
All right? But actually, it's not. It's the foundation. If the foundation is not strong, then it doesn't matter what's hanging on the wall because it won't, it won't last. So our, a growing relationship with Jesus is the first thing. Now, I want to give you the principle of the first. The principle of the first is this. If you give God what is his first, he will bless the rest of your life. If you will give God what is his first, he will bless the rest of your life. It's the principle of the first. And we see this reflected in a teaching from Jesus. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what did he say? All other things in your life he'll take care of. It's the principle of the first. So we make God number one. We make Jesus number one in our life. We, we do that. If you put God first, he will bless the rest. So in our life, that, that means, hey, we try, we try hard to have devotions. Just some personal time with the Lord throughout the week. You know, if we can do it every day, that's fine. If we can't, you know, if we miss a day, that's fine. But if he's first, we just want to take a few moments, spend some time with the Lord, all right? We, we send out every month, we call it Fuel 15. We, we try to give you resources to help you in that time, but we encourage you to take 15 minutes at least four times a week and do a song of worship, read a chapter in the Bible, and spend some time in prayer, okay? We give you those resources that go with it to help you put some things at your hand. But, man, having that devotional time, seeking, seeking first throughout the week, all right? How about the Sabbath? First day, first day of the week is the Sabbath. We give that to the Lord. Come to church, we rest. We, we, we talked about the Sabbath all last week, but we give that to the Lord. When you give that to the Lord, he'll bless, he'll bless the rest. When it comes to your tithes, you give that to the Lord first. He'll bless the rest in your service to God. Whatever you do, when you give up time for the Lord in his service, he will bless the rest. It's the principle of the first. We need to make him first in our life. One value. Second, a mutually satisfying relationship with your spouse. Okay? Ecclesiastes says, enjoy life with your wife. Okay? It's not a business agreement. It's not just a child-rearing agency. This is a marriage where there is love, there is passion, passion. Hey, 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 watch out, watch out. Don't go overboard. There is time together, okay? And listen, you're going to spend money on each other, so you might as well spend it married rather than with a divorce lawyer, okay? But, but you're going to spend money. So I'm just saying, a mutually satisfying relationship with your spouse, that's a value there. Close family relationships. I intentionally separated it from the spouse because they are two separate things. My children and my wife are, are, are separate, okay? So my... My family's my tribe, all right? Dinners at night, don't underestimate the power of having the family around the table. 
just for a few minutes, okay? Dinners, family movies, game night, if that's what you do, spontaneous drives to get ice cream or, or coffee, vacations together, you know, time together, holidays, you know, devotions, prayer, going to church. I mean, there's an unmistakable bond with a family, and it should be a value. It should be a non-negotiable. It should be something that, you know, everything else has to come up against to prove its worth. How about another value? How about a commitment to personal time for yourself? I talked about this last week, just for you, just a few minutes, you know, through, throughout the week, that you can read a book, you can take a nap if you want, you can, you know, shop if you want, whatever, whatever kind of charges you, you need, you need that time, a, a coffee, you know, all you can eat chicken wings, whatever, you know, whatever just, you know, makes you happy, but listen, when you have time for yourself in solitude throughout the week, it makes you more likely to be able to re-engage through the rest of the week, okay? When you don't have any other energy to give, you're going you're gonna to kind of pull back anyway. So this is just kind of a, a value. You need to take care of yourself emotionally. Just have some time throughout the week. But when you've done that, you're more likely to engage and be more pleasant and have more energy when you've had a little personal time. How about... How about a healthy lifestyle? How about a healthy lifestyle? We all know, you know, anybody when you have your annual physical and the doctor comes in and he's just shaking his head no when he walks in, they just train them to do that, regardless of what they're about to say. But a healthy lifestyle needs to be a focus because our health can determine, let me just say this, there, sometimes there are chronic things with our health. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that we can control things that we can live a, le a, live, live a healthier lifestyle. So our, our health can determine our length of life. I believe God has a set order of days, but I think we can impact that with, you know, unhealthy, unhealthy choices in our life. The quality of how I can serve God. There may be things that I want to do, but my health, my discretionary health is not that I can't serve God the way that I want. Or as a parent, there are certain things that I can or can't do based on health or what type of provider that I would like to be based on my health or the type of marriage that I would like to have or, you know, the type of life that I would like to live. So sometimes there are health choices that we make, but, they, but if we're healthy, they will help us live out the other part of those values. And then, and then just last on these values, living life to the fullest. Just enjoying life, just, just leaning in. You know, like James says, life is like a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow, all right? So when you're 16, you think life goes so slow. And then when you're a little older, you go, what? Where, where did that go? Where's my life? It's over, it's gone Quickly, so I just want to say, man, we want to grab this life that God's given us, and we want to live it to the fullest spiritually and in, in, every, in, every, in every way. John chapter 2 tells us about Jesus going to a wedding and spending a long time at a wedding. 
Didn't he have things to do? Doesn't he have the weight of the world on his shoulders? He's only got three years. He's only got, he's only got a limited amount of time. Why would he be wasting time enjoying a wedding? Because there's a part of life that you smile and laugh and enjoy relationships, friendships, you know, that, that, you, have, that you have in front of you, okay? So, so those are five that I gave on that card there's a couple lines if you've got some other things you know i can't dictate your values this morning if you're single you know there there may be a different order there may be some other things that you were add that you would add but i want to say too that all these values are attached to faith jesus first your spouse marriage family health you know fullness of life service to god all of those are attached with faith, okay? And values, let me just say this too, need to be lived in balance relative to other values, okay? They need to be lived in balance in, rel- in relative to other values. So, verse 48 says, When a flood came, the storm struck the house, but could not shake it because it was well built. It was well built. Listen, it said, When the storm came, not if. There is a time in your life that the winds and the floods and the rains are coming. It happens to the righteous. It happens to the unrighteous. It happens to the ungodly. It happens to the godly. There is a time in your life that your house is going to be shaken. All right? But, Because of the wise builder who attached on the foundation, and it says the rest of the house was well built. So not only did he pay attention to the foundation, but he but he paid attention well as well to the construction of the rest of the house, and the family was blessed by the wise choices of the owner. I want to remind you that there are other people that are connected to my life that are depending upon me to make wise choices in the spiritual house that I build and the life values that I have. Other people are dependent on us. And this family was blessed. The storm came through, the wind blew, the rain came And the house and all of its occupants were blessed because of the wise decision-making of the homeowner. He heard the teaching and he applied it as well, okay? Now let's look in the story. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the storm struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. It didn't even last a moment. Didn't even last, not even a moment. First sign of the winds, this thing is knocked out, okay? So we talked about values that are unmovable, they're non-negotiable in life. I wanna talk to you now about priorities, priorities. A priority 
is something that is important to you but challenges your values due to the urgency of outside circumstances and demands, okay? So now we've got our fixed values, but we've got things that arise in our life that kind of challenge our values because, you know, or the, the order of our values because of their urgency, okay? All right? So it's like the farmer. The farmer, his kids were hungry. So the farmer gets up, he goes to the hen house to get eggs to feed his family. But on the way to the hen house, he notices that the pump is leaking. There's water everywhere. So he stops what he's doing to get eggs from the hen house to feed his family to repair the pump. And he realizes there's a washer out on the pump. So now he, he's got to go get a washer. So he walks to the barn to get a washer to fix the pump so that he can go to the hen house and get eggs to feed his family. But he gets in the barn and there is hay everywhere and he can't find the washer that he needs to fix the pump to go to the hen house to gather the eggs to feed his family. So now he goes to find the pitchfork, but the handle on the pitchfork is broken. So now he can't pick up the hay to find the washer to repair the, the, uh, the pump to go to the hen house and feed his family, okay? Now listen to me, simple story. But if you live your life based on what is most urgent at the moment, out of relationship of some kind of values, man, your life will spin in chaotic disorder, okay? All right. He says, um, the one who hears my word and does not put them into practice is like a man who built the house on the ground without a foundation. So we're looking at values versus priorities. Values which are fixed. Priorities emerge from time to time, but they are somewhat urgent. And sometimes we have to, you know, we got to make some adjustments sometimes because these priorities, you know, have a sense of importance with them. So there are times that priorities have to share space with values, but only temporarily, okay? There are times that priorities have to share space with values, but only temporarily. Because I want to tell you, these priorities are trying to replace values, okay? These priorities, these urgent things are trying to become permanent in your life's non-negotiables, okay? So, uh, so like, I wanted, I, I wanted to go back to school. I needed to finish my bachelor's degree. I wanted to take my master's degree in theological studies. My kids were small. My kids were a lot younger. So, I mean, Becky and I, we talked back and forth about this because this is going to be a large time commitment from me, but I felt like, you know, for my life, my ministry, and all of that, I felt like it was important. So, I mean, we talked about it and talked about it finally. Okay, so here's the, here's the plan, because sometimes priorities have to share space with values, but only temporarily. So, 
I decided, like, when my kids go to sleep at night, I'm going to do all of my reading. I'm trying, I, don't want, I, want, I don't want my kids to wake up, you know, with no, no father. So I'm trying to find, a, you know, a, a way that this works. So when they went to bed, I would read. But Becky was sitting next to me. She was either reading, watching TV. So, you know, what we normally did at night was just kind of replaced by my reading. I also made the decision on Saturday before my kids got up and got going, I would get up early and Saturday morning was when I would write my papers. Like from, like from 9 to 1, I was doing school. Then my kids were sleeping late. They were just kind of doing Saturday morning kind of things. So that was a time as well that I didn't feel like I was taking quality time you know, from my kids. So I'm just saying to you, when it comes to values and priorities, there are times that they have to share space. But listen, when that graduation day came, that, home, that Saturday morning homework time was gone. Okay, I gave that, gave that back. So there's always this, you know, this uh, uh, interplay between values and priorities. So, uh, like, what, what if you get a medical diagnosis? Okay, what if you get a medical diagnosis? And it's not good. Okay, or you got to have surgery, and it's going to require, you know, some time to recover. So your your priorities of, of health, you know, and, and values they are challenging. You got to share space with your values, but man, you don't want to change your values. So you got to figure that out, you know. And all of us probably at some point, you know, uh, had to deal with COVID in their house. I. I got diagnosed with COVID. Becky said, I'm sorry about that, but you're going to the hotel for eight days, okay? That was like a leper colony where I was staying. You know, that's just, but, I mean, but, but we had some immediate medical and school that involves schools. So I'm just saying there are times that priorities come and you got to figure it out in relation to your values, but your goals, I'm not changing my values. I may have to edit, I may have to morph, I have to, may have to share for a period of time, but I need to stay, stay true to my values. How about children? How about children? <laughs> the biggest challenge to your spiritual values are your wonderful children, okay? They want to be their own line item on your values, okay? All right? And kids are great, but they're a great challenge to your values. Life happens, bath night, water everywhere, drama everywhere, mealtime, food everywhere. I mean, it's just messy, you know. So, I mean, you're just trying to keep your, keep your values and, and trying to raise your kids as well. Life gets a little more complicated when they get older, and let me just talk a minute about kids' sports, okay? Now, listen to me. I played sports my whole life, you know, from seven until I graduated from high school. I think extracurricular activities are healthy for kids, okay? But now they do sports differently than back when I was playing, okay? It's more demanding, and I want to tell you some of that, they're, they're, as a priority, they're trying to replace as a value, Okay? We just have to, we have to make sure that as our kids participate in extracurricular activities, then that it does not become a replacement, you know, a permanent replacement on our list of values. Or when they go to school and they have homework, or even worse, school projects. Oh, my goodness. Now, teach every one of my teachers, I just want you to know I love you. I appreciate everything that you do in your heart for the students. But you got to know when you send home a science project, I am not happy. All right? So now you got projects. They got to, 
you know, you got to go to the store, you got to, you know, you got to spend extra time. Can I tell you, here are our science projects from the Nugents, and this is our contribution to the world, okay? Which popcorn brand pops the most? All right. What dishwashing liquids create the most bubbles? We figured that out. What paper towels were the most absorbent? In case you wanted to know that. And this is my favorite, how hair color affects intelligence, okay? <laughs> that was Kendra's last year. We probably got a Nobel Prize coming for that one. And I'm not making any further comments about the connection. All right? So kids and values. Kids' priorities versus values. But we don't want to wake up one day and they're excellent in, excellent in sports, but they have no love for God. All right? They're, they're at the highest level of Fortnite, but they have few friends and little life. They would rather be in their room by themselves than connecting with the family. They got a great scholarship, but started in a period of deconstruction, which is the public acknowledgement that you were walking away from faith. All right? We got to be careful that these urgencies and priorities aren't, aren't, becoming, aren't becoming values. How about job, career, and money for adults? It's manageable most of the time, but it usually goes like this. You get a promotion, and you get more money, and everybody's happy. But then you realize there is uh, greater responsibilities, higher sales quota. Over time, you got to get more certifications, which take more time, or, or you feel like you got to go back to school, you know, kind of what I talked about. Now, most of the time, these things are manageable, but sometimes they get out of hand. And it's a priority that's trying to become a value. So you started a business, but you ended your marriage. Your kids have a dream life. Vacation everywhere, but they don't know Jesus. You build and grow a company, but you have few friends and no life. Your 401k is healthy, but you are unhealthy emotionally and you're spiritually empty. You win employee of the month for your hard work and all the time that you put in, but your health is not any good and your doctor and your family are noticing that. Your kids would rather, be friend, would rather be with their friends than spend any time with you because you've developed no relationship with them. Do I need to sing Cats in the Cradle to some of you guys? Some of you don't know what that is, but it's a worship song from the 70s. So, uh, so. Very powerful. <clears throat> Listen to it on the way home. You put in extra hours, and instead of a promotion, you came away with an adulterous affair. Priorities and values. Instead of money empowering you to own things, 
Now you are the slave to the office, the debts you have accumulated, and the image that you have of prosperity. It's success, but by all the wrong metrics. They were priorities, but they blew up our values. Most of you know Dan Patrick, if, you're, if you like ESPN. He tells the story of, uh, in the last few years, ESPN came to him with a five-year contract, multi-million dollar contract, sports center, all the different, you know, all the different shows that they have. It would have been, you know, very advantageous to his career, very lucrative. And he's sitting there with this offer the night before he's going to tell his boss that he's going to take it. And his wife said, are you sure you want to do that? Your kids are between 9 and 15. When this contract is over, your kids basically are out of the house. And he said, I hadn't thought about that. Because sometimes the bright lights of TV and all the money can... They can blind you. So he went in and turned it down. His boss thought he was joking. No, no, I'm serious. He goes outside and he calls his wife and said, I turned it down. And she said, you know what? If we've got to downsize, cut back, get a smaller house, we will do it. There will be a day that you will not regret that decision. Okay? Priorities versus values. If you're an NFL fan, Sean McVay, Head coach, Los Angeles Rams, victorious uh, a few weeks ago, won the Super Bowl. And the week after that, they asked him, man, you're 36, how long do you want to coach? He said, not forever. I want to have a family. I want to raise kids. I don't want, I don't want my whole life, you know, in, in, in football. There's more than I want to do. Some of you may have seen that article. It came the week right after the, after the Super Bowl. Okay, values versus priorities. Okay, they're always going to come. There's always going to be a sense of urgency that's going to come. I was in a business this past week, and while the owner was checking me out, you know, ringing me up, I said, he wasn't checking me out, he was <laughs> ringing me up. <laughs> Preaching in this weird area is just challenging. So, he was ringing me up. So I said to him, so how did you, how did you get to Tallahassee and on this business? He said, you know, he said, when I graduated college, I had a master's degree in accounting. And immediately out of college, I was hired at Wall Street to work for Chase Bank. He said, so I left college and immediately buying suits, and I'm walking into Wall Street working at one of the most prestigious banks, making all kinds of money, okay? All kinds of money for, for a young person. He said, I worked there 18 years, <clears throat> and I'm going to work one day in my tailor-made suit, and I realized I wasn't happy. I was full of stress. My family relationships weren't, weren't healthy, and I just decided, I'm done. And that week, he quit his job, okay? And, and then he had a brother. I said, so how'd you get here? I have a brother in Tallahassee. And he said, I told him I was coming. 
here and I came here, I started this business, and I make a lot less money than I did before, but I've never been happier. So I want to ask you something. What's your price financially that you would sell out your family? What's your price? What's your price that you would take even though your values are shifting and things are happening that are terrible? What's your What's your price? What's your, what's your price there? I want to give you one other, one other thing real quick, and I'm going to close. I want to talk about uh, time waste, wasting time and distractions in relation to our values, and I'll just do it very quickly. Wasting time and distraction in relation to our values. We spend 705 hours a year on social media. Okay? How many weeks is that? How many months on social media? We spend... 2,700 hours a year watching TV, all right? iPhone users pick up their phone on an average of 76 times a day. And all the Android people go, I knew they were weird. I knew they were godless. <clears throat> pick up the phone, pick up the phone. 77% said when they have nothing occupying their time, they reach for their phone. If our phone was a beer, we would all be alcoholics. Charleston Southern College of Business interviewed 20,000 Christians across the world. Collectively, they, they identified busyness as a major distraction from their spiritual life. Just kind of time-wasting. Okay? Just things that aren't, aren't really important. You binge-watch but you're not close to Jesus. You watch every season of, you're all nervous, aren't you? So I'm gonna say Coco Melon. I don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings. You watch every season of your favorite show and you know little or nothing about the Bible. You have thousands of followers, but you have few friends. You feel bad about your life because you constantly compare your life with what you see on the screen, the TV screen or your phone. You and your spouse never do anything but watch TV. That's all you do. And there's more to life than that. Values versus priorities, all right? Now we say, I don't have time to exercise, but we've wasted Hundreds and hundreds of hours doing other things. We don't have time with our family. I don't have time for my devotions. I'm so busy. Don't have time for church. But yet, if we redeem just part of the wasted time that we have. I gave you a, a card here. On the bottom of the card, I, I talk about priorities, but I ask this question as well, all right? If you look at your calendar, your checkbook, or what you're passionate about, that is the real picture of your values. You can say whatever you want, these are my values, but you look at your calendar, the frequency of how many times you do things, your checkbook, what you spend money on, and what you're passionate about, and that's a clear reflection of your values. You can 
You can say all kinds of other things, but it's really the things that you are allowing in your life. That's your values. That's really. And so sometimes these priorities have moved and now, and now they are values. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed. Its destruction was complete. The horrible part about this is when the house collapses, it was not because of lack of knowledge. When everything you lived for, it falls down. It's not because you didn't know any better. It said the man that heard and he did not do. And you live in regret the rest of your life. All right? Your values are out of place. Okay? Because some of you, you've built your house, you've built your house in an odd way, but it's still standing. And you're going, okay, all is good. Because it's standing. It said he built the house on the ground. Like, they just put, put the house on top of the ground. Okay? Who does that? All right? But it's standing, so you're going, well, that's good. Brent, worship team, you guys can come. That's good. But you know what? The house standing in, a, in clear skies is not the indication of how well the house was built. It's when the winds come and the storm comes and the rain comes that's, that's the indicator there of how well you have built that house. So, if you've got your house on wrong foundation, wrong values, but it's still standing, now is your moment to begin an instant remodeling. All right? You don't need to wait any longer till something comes and collapses your house. Now is the moment that you need to wake up and go, hey, I have got to do some things differently with my life, my family. I have got to reorder and realign my life. All right? All right? Because I want to tell you, regret when it collapses is an awful thing especially when you knew better. I mean, I hear it all the time. I should have known. I knew better. I knew better. I knew better. And that's okay. If, if that happens, we can rebuild. But I'm just saying to some of you now, now's the time to start redigging and rebuilding before the collapse, all right? Are you building your house without a spiritual foundation? He had no foundation, all right? Built it on the ground. That study from the College of Charleston said, when people's lives get out of control, that 20,000 people, God becomes more marginalized, deteriorating relationships with God, more open to adopting secular ideas on how to live. Because when you start shifting these values, there are other things that kind of that come in with that. Some of you, you'd go, my first value, I want to serve God, all right? But you're, it's been a long time since you've had any kind of devotional time, all right? 
blow off church, service to God. Like in your mind, you're like, that's my number one value, but I told you your passions, your checkbook, and your calendar tell the true story. Some of you, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. Uh, that's the most important thing, not really the way you live. You've allowed priorities of your life to become values. And now you're building your life on shifting sand. All right? Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? All right? So I just want to say, just start back with God. Start back this morning. Things are kind of shifting and life has happened and, man, it's just been this jumble then start back with God. Start back today. He's going to be number one. I'm going to make him, I'm going to make him number one. Everyone that, hear, everyone that comes to me hears my word and puts them into practice, he calls them wise. He hears and he puts them into practice. Okay, He hears and he puts them into practice. You've got to start rebuilding. Are you making choices today that will put you and your family in trouble when the storm comes? Are you making value choices today because you don't live in a house by yourself? When it collapses, it collapses on other people. Are you the person today that you always thought that you would be? Does your life today reflect the values that you held in the past? Sometimes we start out young. Here is the way that I'm going to live my life. And then over the course of time, things happen. And you look back and you are a long way from what you ever intended from your life. This very simple little message this morning from Jesus is life-changing, okay? All right? You thought you were building here, but actually your house is something else. And we're fooling ourselves. We're fooling ourselves, all right? So I want to say to you this morning, you don't need a slow pivot. <clears throat> you need to repent and start today, okay? I don't want you to make the long turn because some of you, you don't have the time. You don't, know when, you don't know when the next storm is going to come. You don't know. So it starts with repentance, which is immediate. Repentance. Lord, hey, I've made some wrong decisions, wrong choices. My values are way out. What I spend my time, my money, and my passions are not reflected at all. And today's the day I'm coming back. It's repentance. It's an immediate change of mind and heart. Okay? You don't need to think about it. You don't need to pray about it. We, we need to start tearing down now and, and rebuilding and rebuilding. Right? He said, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Fix your eyes. I'm not taking my eyes off him. I'm fixing my eyes. Whatever happens to me, I'm, I'm fixed. I'm fixed here. I'm watching Jesus. When blessings come, blessings aren't going to throw me off because my eyes are fixed on Jesus. When the winds come and, and clouds come and rain come, it doesn't change because I'm, I'm fixed on Jesus. It's immovable in the midst of all kinds of chaos that may be going on in my life. All right? Would you stand with me this morning? With your head bowed, your eye closed. <clears throat>
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I believe God is speaking to some of you this morning. You got your house built all out of whack. It's not on the right foundation. You got all kinds of other things that are actually values to you. And this is a warning sign this morning to turn. We don't want to wait till the house falls. There's time to start doing it now. So every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray in just a moment. And if you're here today and you would say, hey, my life is not where it needs to be. My spiritual life is not where it needs to be. I, I, I had one thing in mind, but my spiritual life is just different. Or you go, hey, my values and my life choices need to change. I got some things here that aren't, aren't, aren't good. Or you may say, I'm, I've just drifted kind of from God. I, it, was not in my, it was not my intention that I've just kind of drifted from God. Or my life plan is, you know, has, has ended up where I did not intend. And I need to start back over. I need to start back over. If that's you this morning on any of those things, would you just raise your hand up and down and just say, Pastor, pray for me this morning. Pray for me this morning. Thank you. Thank you. So, Lord, this morning I pray over this congregation. I pray over those that are watching online. And, Lord, I pray for those who may have some life values that are off. They're building on shifting sand. Lord, I pray this morning. Lord, that they are going to hear, but they're also going to do. I pray, God, some are going to tear down a house and start rebuilding it. And Lord, we as believers, we, we, we uh, confess you as Lord, number one, number one of our life. You're the foundation of our life. We're going to seek first, principle of first. God, we're going to put first the things of God. You're going to bless the rest of our lives. If we put you first, I pray for some whose values are all amiss. God, I pray, I pray that you'll speak to them today. It's about you first. It's about you first. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.